This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It will be 1,561 days or four years, three months, and eight days since Portman Road hosted Championship Football um, and on Saturday, guys, that run ends. We're here to talk all about it here on the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on YouTube video and podcast audio and tonight we are live so we want to hear from you but joining us he's, he's finally decided to make an appearance a week into the season my good buddy Seb Brown. How are you, mate? Where were you last week? We didn't really talk too much about it. Do you want to tell the boys and girls where you were? I'm good. I was in Florida. Uh, <laughs> very, very, very hot. Uh, very nice. Ate far too much. Spent far too much. And uh, yeah, I've got severe jet lag, etc. But it was a good a good breakaway. But I am now ready to go for the new season on both Portman Road and Blue Monday. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Well, there's lots of um, fun stuff to talk about. As you said, like championship football is back. I, I want to talk to you about the the Leeds game from 2019, the last one we had, <laughs> um, which we'll come to in a, in a second. But as you said, we were live, so we want to hear from you folks in the comments. Um, give us your thoughts on Stoke, on Bristol Rovers, on Sunderland, um, on Seb's attire for this evening. Do we, should we do you want to get that out of the way? Nice. You want to get girls? out? I'm surprised you waited till a minute 46 seconds, to be fair. And, and I must say thank you for finding the worst material I've ever worn because it's a hot, clammy night up here in Chester and this thing is awful. So the camera won't obviously pan dead out. Yeah, I've got the cup as well because that was a, a requirement. So I've got the cup. And because I lost the stupid predictions feature last season, I am wearing this t-shirt with your face saying, Rich is the ultimate score predictor genius 2022-2023. So well done. I'm uh yeah. Well, I don't want to leave you on your own. So I've got it on as well. That's a bit weird. No, mate. I love, I love lots of produce with my face on it. Nice ego, right. isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. No, so, well, yes, one so time only folks. I'm never um, wearing this again. It's it's horrible. So yeah, this will be thrown in the bin as soon as the uh, the pod finishes. I'm afraid. And, and next road, season, yeah. hopefully, we'll be sat here in 12 months' time as we're about to discuss our opening game against Man City, and hopefully, you'll be wearing a uh, a shirt of similar uh, similar design. Well, we'll figure out. We'll, we'll see how we got on first week in your absence um, later on. But for now, uh, well, if you want to give Seb your sympathies, or if you want to, if you want to bid for the shirt, we might as well give it away. If you're going to match worn, I can I can sign match it if worn. you want. Yeah, I can I'm sign covered, it. Uh... Covered in Seb's Florida sweat. So um, yep. yeah, there we go. Yep. Uh, let's say hi to hi to some folks in the chat. Uh, Bluey's here. Um, Elkin to stay and do what Cam did last season. Happy with what I've seen from both in Austria and last night against Bristol Rovers. Evening to Lee. Evening to Charlie. Liking the look of the new pitch. Yeah, same here. Hello to Skip. Hi to Jules, Jonathan, Rob. Uh, good day to Michael. Great to have you with us. Um, Neil, first game in 13 years and just got in. Oh, you've been playing. Good luck with tomorrow's probably going to be worse, Neil, I suspect. Uh, good luck getting out of bed in the morning. Evening to Baran. Good to have you with us. Tony's here. Elliot's here. 
Um, good to have you with us, folks. Um, where should we start, Seb? We played a we had a, we recorded this Thursday night. Um, we need to say hello to folks who listen after the fact. We do know you you're out there. Jason in the Telegram group says that he listens in the gym. So run faster, Jason. Lift up those knees. Pump the I don't know what you do. Pump I the eyes. Putting us to shame there, isn't he? When was the last time you went to a gym? Um, I walked past the gym in a hotel <laughs> yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not so much. And Matt's doing, uh, we've got people who do park runs listening to this as well. So park runners, if you're like me and Seb and you're listening to this <laughs> Saturday morning with a coffee in front of Sky Sports News, we, we appreciate you too. Should we start with Bristol Rovers, Seb? Last, this time last year, we kind of talked about this time last year in lots of different ways, haven't we, so far? Colchester United defeat uh, um, player of the season, player of the year, <laughs> Ricky Marper with the assist, assist no, yeah. no longer at Portman Road. Uh, and last night, an improvement because we're through to the second round of the Carabao Cup. And um, pretty comfortable it was too. Any any thoughts or any recollections? Reading, do you want to give us your... You, yeah, you I mean, went out the game. Do you want to give us your thoughts on Reading in the next round? Because it's a bit of a mare draw, isn't it? It is mare, but equally it's a chance to get some more minutes into the some of the squad players, I guess, without the Papa Johns this year. You know, we're going to have a fair few players, the likes of, you know, Aluko and and, and Danassi and maybe Elkin Baggett if he hangs around, Greg Lee, George Edmondson. It's, it's useful for them to get, you know, to know they've got a game coming up in the next couple of weeks or whatever it'll be. It's not an exciting one, but it gives us a real chance to get through. And then obviously the next round is where the, the big boys, the European uh, clubs will start to come into it. The, like the, the ones who are in the Champions League and the, and the Europa League will come into it. So there's a chance of hopefully getting, a, getting a, a sexy draw and getting a decent tie. So if we can get past Reading, which I, I think we probably will, um, it's a chance to, for open up. You were there last night. What was the, who were the standout performances? What did you like about it? How's the new pitch? How's the, the blue AstroTurf? How's the sprinkler number? I saw you put that on, uh, <laughs> on social media. Um, Ample, ample sprinklers. Yeah, uh, it looks really impressive. It's there's a really great video on Town TV. I know people are a bit confused with the Town TV situation. There is free content on there too, folks. You just need to register to access it. There's like a 15 minute video with our mate Jacob Henderson um, talking to Rich, the operations manager there, and you know a lot of it is just lick of paint and a bit of trc i think was their phrase you know the cobalt stand in particular looks like someone cares about it now but the blue perimeter really makes the pitch you know it, it makes it it just finishes it off really neatly it does look a little bit like the old white heart lane pitch to me a little bit um in the tv replays that i've seen the new surface the ball glides off it you know there's they, they because they have 20 sprinklers on it Seb you know the pitch the ball does fly so that was something that you know Lee Evans was pinging his kind of crossfield balls and all that kind of stuff and folk were you know not being able to control the balls as they went out of place so we need to get used to that but generally in terms of winners and losers from last night uh, obviously we all won because we won 2-0 I thought uh, George Edmondson had a really solid return obviously still coming back from injury not the best of pre-seasons, if we're honest, a few iffy moments. Uh, so he was solid last night. Elkan Baggett, we'll talk about him because we've got a few questions. I'll get your your thoughts on a possible, well, where Elkan Baggett spends the first half of the season. But to me last night, he put himself really front and centre in Kim McKenna's mind, in, in my in my view, for whether we need this left centre-back, this this yeah. additional left centre-back. So the, the back two were good. I thought uh, Jack Taylor was good. Amari Hutchinson had good you know, good moments, probably tried a little bit too hard or, you know, stuff didn't really come off that he was trying, but at least he, you know, had the endeavour. And it turns out that he's got a devilish um, corner on him as well, Seb, whipping in the the quick, you know, quick fire corners to the six-yard box, which I love, in swinging. So, yeah. Wag, all... Waghorn-esque? Is that how you describe them? Is it that kind Maybe. of pace on the ball whipped in? Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Okay. I, Oh, the trouble, you know, they're great danger, but no one really got on the end of them. But you'd imagine that if you're a hulking centre back like Burgess, yeah, or, or Burgess, you know, you just need to f- get your way in front of the ball and it's going in, you know, because it's so close into goal. In terms of players who, who maybe didn't come out with the best of uh, reports, at least from my perspective, uh, Harness had a bit of a hit and miss night again, trying really hard, but probably, you know, overplaying. He's got a tendency maybe to, to, want an extra touch or to delay the pass when he should get it out of his feet and was caught out a few times. And Freddie um, didn't really continue in a great vein after Sunderland, obviously the, the glaring, well, not the, the miss wasn't it. It was, it was, should have been a pass. And yeah. I think 
clearly playing on his mind, particularly in the first half. He was looking to make a pass rather than have a shot, even though he was in positions where he should have a shot. And yeah, didn't really impress last night. And Hurst came on and immediately kind of took the grain, the game by the scruff of the neck and got an you know got an assist as well. So I, I, we we know that we're probably in the market for another forward. And I don't think, unlike Elkan Baggett in terms of the left centre back position, I don't think Freddie did anything to dissuade Kieran McKenna that we need another forward. So all in all, positive night in the main. Few question marks. We're into the next round. Clean sheet, two goals. I thought Bristol Rovers were really good, actually. Played attacking football. Grant Ward in the central midfield yeah. for them, which was, he was he was really good, actually. Really impressed there. Uh, it's, it's ironic you move out of League One having dealt with teams who just want to sit in and make it a slog against you and then you play them a season, you know, a few months later in a different division and suddenly, oh, yeah, we'll play football against you, you know. <laughs> never mind, never mind. So, yeah, um, we, we kind of picked out a few bits and pieces and Bluey kind of started the show with a thought on Elkin Baggett. What, what's your take on this, Sam? I think someone else has, Norman's said, Elkin to go out alone for me, playing well in pre-season friendly and against League One opponents. Doesn't mean he's ready for the championship. We need a few upgrades to ensure we do well. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all expected us by now to have signed uh, maybe an experienced left-sided centre-half. We had the link with Craig Cathart a couple of months ago. Obviously, McNally, who will come on and discuss when we talk about Stoke, ended up moving on from Burnley after heavy links with us. And I presume if one of those guys had come in, then Baggett would now be kind of, you know, earning his, his trade at hopefully a League One level. He, he, he played for Gillingham, didn't he, for half the season. They got some investment in the January window, so he kind of comes back here and goes out to Cheltenham and didn't really feature at all. And loans are so crucial for some Somebody at that age, because you you know you don't want to you want a Corey and Darba at Salford kind of situation where they go and play 30, 35 games and really learn their trade against some horrible old school centre forwards, you know, who are going to pinch them and kick them and try the dark arts all game. And if you get a loan like when poor Tristan Nydam ended up going up to Scotland and, and barely, barely featured, it can be a bit of a waste of time. I think until we sign an extra body, uh, oh, there you go, body tick on the first show of the season, hey. um, he'll be uh, he'll be remaining in the building. Um, I think a bit like Cam Humphreys, obviously he's not part of the squad registration, which is useful. And we do need that cover at the moment, I think, given Edmondson's injury uh, injury history. You say Edmondson played well last night, which is encouraging. Good to hear. I guess maybe not a coincidence. He played on the right, which is his preferred position. But when Wolf is in the side, he's always gets shunted across to the left. So until we sign somebody, I expect him to hang around. If we do bring in somebody, then by all means, send him out to League One for half a season with the usual January recall option if it's not working out. But if he stays, I'll be perfectly happy. I've always been impressed with him. He's always so physical. You know, he's a big guy, isn't he? And that, that, that left foot balance is nice. So yeah, if he, if he hangs around, I've got no issues whatsoever but if we bring a body in then by all means get him out on loan get him on the grass eh? um another person whose name is keeps coming up in the chat uh let's let's do uh rob Caleb's question mark injury or on his way wait a sec wait a sec wait a sec um carl edwards keeps coming up here uh stuart big question where's carl edwards last night he was actually sat i think on the bench i think last night with the with the first teams that were rested yeah um, Michael, what's happened to Edwards? Not even a sub last night. Um, yeah, other ones in there too. Uh, it's, it seems really sad. It seems like he's around the squad. Yeah. We've not heard whether he's injured or not, but I just kind of feel like he's an impact player, seven, one, and, and a type of player that we don't have too many of. I kind of figured with the new nine sub rule he would probably be on the bench most weeks because he was last season even when we saw some rotation in the second half of last season with the bench players he was pretty much always there because he is a player who can do what potentially nobody else in the squad can do you know he is a game changer he can go left he can go right he's got he's always got a, a trick okay he doesn't produce the numbers his numbers were better last year than the first season uh, he was with us but he, yeah his, his numbers don't really necessarily back up the kind of performance we want and he's a pretty easy one to move on probably because if you look at a highlight reel of him or you know look at agents videos, he'll look incredible so potentially there might be a move in the in the works there I, I presume because he was fit and you know he wasn't wasn't playing last night somebody didn't want him cup tied if that's a loan or a, or a permanent move I, I would feel yeah a little bit sad like some of the comments are saying he seems to be a great guy you know we've seen the social media stuff we saw the the celebrations on the pitch at the end of last season, but we are a, 
a slick, well-run business now. We have to adhere to FFP rulings and limitations and, and, and squad squad spaces. So if it's an easy deal to do and we can recoup a bit of money, he was a free transfer. If we can recoup a bit of money for him, then maybe it's time for him to go and start playing football. He's not young anymore, is he? You know, he's not a 20, 21-year-old. He's 24, I think, 25 years old. So it's probably important for him to go and play football pretty consistently. I would miss him. I like him. I've always liked him when he comes on the pitch. He's always positive. He always tries to do something positive when he's got on the ball. Uh, he's the king of the of the pre-assist, uh, which I know isn't really a thing, but there were so many times last season he would make the final pass before the assist and stuff. So I think he would add value, but you know, in Ashton we trust, in Kieran McKenna especially we trust. And if they feel it's right for him to move on, maybe for his sake as much as ours, then, then maybe it is time to, 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 to have a parting of the ways. Where does he go though? What what is he Championship or League One? I think he's League One, isn't like he? A top be, end, like a derby yeah, I would, or something. I would think. So. Well, yeah, aside in oh, and around the playoffs, you know, you could see. I don't know um, who Portsmouth. likes to play with attacking wide players. Yeah, Portsmouth, Peterborough have got some young Bolton. players in those positions. They might want a bit of Peterborough's a, bit of a shout. Panache, maybe they've got you know Mason, Efren, Clark, and and Poku in those wide positions, but they might want a bit of a bit of extra. So maybe it's time for him to yeah to move on. I, I I don't think he'd get a Championship gig given how you know he played in the Premier League for West Brom and they dispensed when they were when they were in the Championship and obviously. He's He's, he's not really done that much stuff for, for, for us last year. But but I, I, I do like him. If he stays, no problem at all. Thanks, Anthony. Very kind of you. Um, he's not young I, anymore. Coming from Seb, says, for those of you listening on podcast, I thought I'd... Evening, Anthony. How are you doing? I, uh, I, I hope he sticks back. around. I, I do like him. But if he moves on, maybe it's best for him and for us. Yep, yep, yep. Um, sad, but I think I agree with all of that. Let's move on, shall we? And let's talk about Saturday. I mentioned at the top that we're, I'm just going to remind you that the last time we played championship football at Portman Road was the 5th of May 2019 against Leeds. Uh, do you recall that one? That was an interesting afternoon, wasn't it? I do, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we were already down, obviously, from about a month previously, and it was a very topsy-turvy game, wasn't it? That sort of last-minute winner, Chambers sent off, Kimar Roof missing a, missing a penalty, and... And yeah, it was a. We were all kind of. We had the, there was a banner along the north stand. Was it? We are a light that will never go out, or something. I seem to remember was. Song, yeah, yeah, it was unfolded, and I think we were all kind of thinking, okay, we'll go and enjoy League One for a year, and we'll go to some new grounds, and we'll tick them off, and Lambert will get into the squad in preseason and really kind of, really kind of shake them up, and well, we all know how that panned out, but yeah, it was a, a topsy turvy game at the end of a truly awful, awful season, wasn't it? Was that our fifth win? I think of the of was the it? season. Yeah, I think <laughs> That's that was about right. Our, our fifth win, the, the Leeds keep had a rush of blood at the end and Colin Quainar tapped home the, uh, there is awesome. the last minute oh, winner. Cute. Yeah, Colin Quainar. And yeah, it was... Fucking yeah. my roof, Mr. Penalty. Chambers got sent off. Yep. The Leeds fans had the whole of the upper tier yep. of the cob. One of those weird days, wasn't it? You know, but yeah, hopefully it will feel very different. I mean, we'd like a similar kind of outcome, wouldn't we? Result what result wise, but it feels like the clubs are complete. You know, the club of 2019 and the club of 2023 are poles apart oh it's unrecognizable yeah in in every single aspect it's completely unrecognizable and um, the 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 first opposition of the of the kind of i don't want to say a new era of the 2023 the class of 2023 24 is stoke city seb um overall historically similar to sunderland actually almost identical kind of situations of sunderland and stoke we've we've probably got a mixed record you know head to head over over the course of our history they've got one more win than us overall yeah. in all the games we've played so it's not as if it's it's a team that you know we, we we've got much to fear about but it's a team of definitely of transition as well which we'll talk about the recruitment has been massive um definitely feels like a changing of the guard do you want to We've always talked about where they are right now. Do you want to just, we've obviously been out of the championship for a while. Stoke had been like the parachute team, hadn't they? With, yeah. with a lot of spending power and hadn't really got anywhere. A lot of changing of managers as well. Um, Nathan Jones, Michael O'Neill. I'm trying to remember others in there as well. But they are, they've been, it probably feels quite similar to our experience in the championship. Like you stay there forever. Remind yeah. us where they were last season and what, and what happened. It's been very underwhelming since their relegation. They were relegated in 2017, 2018. And I guess, yeah, being a uh, a year one parachute side with a bit of quality in the squad. I mean, the likes of, you know, Joe Allen stayed until the summer of 2022 and Sam Klukas was still there until this we summer. Joined. They had some, yeah, they had some some kind of, you know, some decent players they would have expected to bounce back. I remember they brought in Sam Vokes, who, given how Stoke played, is, was pretty much a, uh, you know, a given for what they wanted to do at that level. And they never, ever got going. It was really, really poor and really, really, 
disappointing. Since, since they came down, they finished 16th, 15th, 14th, 14th, and last season 16th again. So wow. I, I think they've maybe threatened the playoffs a couple of times in kind of the January and completely fallen apart. And yeah, it's, it's not worked well. They've had really severe FFP limitations, which we will come on to and discuss. And that cloud has kind of been lifted from them this summer with, uh, with some of the business they did last January. They're obviously owned by the Coates family who own Bet365. So from a backing point of view, they have a huge resource pool to call on, but FFP don't let them spend that money very freely until this summer. So a very, very underwhelming kind of time back in the championship. As you say, they've chopped and changed managers in a way to try and find some sort of consistency and get back to the Premier League. And it simply hasn't worked out for them since they came down. But Alex Neil, you know, there's a, there's a decent enough manager who got some good you know, pedigree at championship level. Obviously, we talked about Sunderland last week. He left them partway through the season, didn't he? Or early in the last season, having got them back to the championship. Um, and, but yeah, just feels like maybe slowly but surely he's stamping his impression on the squad and that recruitment. We'll talk about that shortly. Well, talk to us about the end in terms of, you know, numbers for you. Tyrese Campbell was their top scorer with nine goals last season. Will Smallbone, who was on loan from Southampton, I think joined in yeah. January, was their top assist maker with five. Yeah. So the stats kind of suggest that it was a really, you know, mediocre in the truest sense of the word, mediocre season for them. You know, 16th, as you said, but you know, stats weren't, didn't particularly suggest it was an, either an Alex Neal type team, which we know is quite attacking and possession based, but also, you know, decent enough for championship level really do you want to anyone you want to pick out yeah i mean obviously alex neil moves across from sunday he takes sunderland up and towards the end of august michael o'neill gets fired because i think stoke were in the relegation zone had a really really poor start to last year he comes in and like you say really struggled to kind of implement his his ideas and his philosophies and they had a, a decent run around march time but apart from that it was nothing to write home about. They actually ended the season really poorly. I think it was four defeats in the last five games. They managed to stay up, obviously, but but the fans weren't impressed with him at all. Um, some of that is the limitations we've discussed with FFP, and some of it is just a kind of, you know, his, his, his failure to kind of get the best out of the, the, the high earners who perhaps, given their salaries and given the fact they were there in the Premier League days, should have been performing better, but, but he really struggled. Obviously, we know him most from his time at Norwich where, you know, the 14-15 playoff season where we, we were several points clear with the whole mind the gap thing and slowly but surely they managed to claw it back and obviously across the two legs we lost them in the playoffs he had, he had a spell at uh, Preston as well for three four years from I think 2017 to 2021 which was a bit underwhelming and obviously Sunderland was where he kind of you know went there galvanized them after they fired um who was it was it Parkinson they fired I can't remember who Sunderland fired but he managed to get them across the line and I guess he kind of saw Stoke as a better option in terms Lee Johnson. of Johnson Thank you, Lee Johnson, of course. Um, I guess maybe he was a better option in terms of, you know, Stoke are very wealthy owners and he must have seen them as a kind of, I'll have more control over all aspects of the club than I do at Sunderland where you've got the speakman, isn't it, the sporting director from Birmingham who maybe has a bigger say over the, the transfer matters. And it's, it's a big season for him because he's been backed with, you know, what they've spent in the summer and they got off to a good start last weekend, albeit against a weaker side in the, in the division. And I don't think the, the fans or possibly the ownership would accept a, 14th, 15th, 16th no. place finish this season after the backing he's had. If he's not in and around the playoffs, I would suggest maybe by the, the November window, the one Ben always talks about, you know, the November um, international window. Uh, that's when most managers seem to kind of, you know, be on thin ice. If, he, if he's not in and around the playoffs in that time, I would suggest maybe he'll be in a bit of trouble there. We'll talk about results from Saturday and midweek in the Carabao Cup, but should we skip to the key arrivals because, you know, it's double digits that I was watching Ben's show with Sam Parker. They were talking about double digit numbers of people coming in bodies, if you want to use a Sebism there. But there's there's been some really chunky fees in there, three and a half yep. million, 1.3 million, um, half a million in there. Uh, you know, some really good free signings, some good loans. Usually when we do this show and there's 11 signings, we kind of pick out the ones that are key. But really all of these players yeah. are really important and all of them, I think, basically have featured, haven't they? Do you want to take us through them in kind of, you know, in transfer fee order maybe and, and you know, call out some key names that people will be familiar with or maybe maybe new names that people won't be? Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting blend as well of transfers. You know, he's, he's kind of got a mixture of 
impressive youngish talent from kind of Central Europe, as well as some of the more established players he's worked with in the past, so as, as well as a couple of quality Premier League loanees. So it's a real kind of, you know, it's not your traditional just go out and sign players you used to play with all the time or, you know, just focus on, you know, young Premier League players who can make a step up or, or sorry, a step down or, or League One's players that can make a step up. It's a wide ranging net, which to me suggests a real change of strategy and kind of club vision, um, given what they've kind of done in the past. So, I mean, the, the, the big arrivals, 3.5 million pounds, 4 million euros on Ryan Mayi from Hungarian side, Ferran Vakos. Uh, he's been brought in as a striker to score the goals. He can play wide as well, but he's been brought in to score the goals. Ben Pearson is a central midfielder. He'll add stability uh, in that. <laughs> some red Red and yellow cards, yeah. And some cards, yeah. He's coming from Bournemouth. He was on loan last season for the second half from January to the summer, and they've made that deal permanent with 1.3 million to uh, uh, to Bournemouth. Daniel Johnson's come in. He was at Preston for what felt like forever. Obviously, he worked with uh, Alex Neal during his Preston time. He's coming on a free transfer. Preston Pearson as well. Yes, um, and played at that number 10 position last weekend against Rotherham. Andre Vidigal looks really impressive. He's kind of an exciting left winger who's right-footed, so he likes to cut inside onto his right foot and get shots off. He scored twice. We'll discuss the opening game last weekend. He scored twice last weekend and again in midweek in the in the League Cup, so he's an exciting one. Uh, end of Just quickly, one. The, the, yeah. the fee there for, for Vidigal, 400k. Yeah. Um, from Man could be, a, could be an absolute bargain. We talked about this last week with, with Ben on the show that you know, we are we are shopping in a market of one and a half to two million, maybe three million pound players, and by Sullivan and Stoke kind of proving that there's value in the foreign market, and yeah. it does feel a little bit frustrating, perhaps, that we're not we're not pursuing that i don't know if that's that's our range or you know Ask, whatever. at this at this stage i don't think we're quite at that level yet are we you know we to quote paul cook we, we didn't even have a recruitment room two years ago so we have sam williams obviously in charge of recruitment and i have no doubt they'll be working on things from further afield but you know stoke having come down from the premier league will probably have a much wider range of of, of, of scouting systems in place than we have at this present moment in time so i'd suggest maybe give it a year and we might find that's something we start to do yeah, uh, let's move on to, you know, the, the bit that in terms of things for people to look out for, and it definitely was something that I was picked to picking up on the goals they conceded against Rotherham and West Brom. A lot of new defenders, you yeah. know, that, that back four, I think it would be a back four. You really rely on an understanding and people knowing where to be. And Ender Stevens has come in. Mark, yeah. Michael Rose has come in. You've got Mark Travers on loan from Bournemouth. He's coming in in nets. You've got um, Kiana Hueva from Wolves on loan at right back. That's probably, you know, a lot of, you know, pedigree signings there, pedigree chums. <laughs> but but the, these players don't need, know each other. So maybe there's an opportunity there for us, Seb, yeah? Yeah, only Ben Wilmot was, of, of the five, the back five, the goalkeeper in the back four who started last weekend against Rotherham, only Ben Wilmot was here last season. So it's kind of, yeah, like you say, it's going to take time to to build up that understanding. That said, the right back on loan from Wolves scored a, a lovely oh, goal. and Side foot volley off the bar, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, lovely, lovely finish. And McNally Defending played in no mid... Poor. It was poor, but great, great finish for him oh, for, yeah. a, for a right back. Uh, McNally played in midweek in the cup against West Brom to get some minutes into his legs. I so you would assume... Luke McNally, who we were linked with, yeah? Who it suggests was pretty much down the line, wasn't it? It would suggest annoyingly, and obviously Stoke came in and and pinched him. So yeah, that's a that's a frustrating one. You'd assume he will come into the back four, probably at the expense of of Michael Rose. Maybe I would suggest because Ben Wilmot has kind of been there for a while and uh, and and it's pretty established there. So so yeah, I mean it's it's a new back four, back five experience with Stevens at Sheffield United and Travers at Bournemouth. They both know what it takes to to get out of this league and get back to the the, the Premier League. Captain is yep, Lauren there is the he's the captain in midfield alongside. Pearson so we've got to hope it's maybe a good time to, to play these guys before they really start to gel very good start last weekend 4-1 but maybe it's a good time yeah maybe it's a good time to play them before that back five gets really really settled I would suggest yeah we talked about the kind of changing of the guard there and a little bit of bringing the old band back together with the <laughs> Preston guys with Johnson and and Pearson you mentioned some of the names that have, have left Aidan Flint isn't really a surprise um, yeah. given that you'd spent last season or most of last season at Sheffield Wednesday, but some big names gone there, isn't there? And interesting places as well. And, and a departure on the day we record on Thursday, um, which is also significant. To just yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of the last clear out of the Premier League players. So Sam Klukas was one of the final ones who was on a big kind of Premier League contract. I think they signed him from Swansea. And, is you that know, the most they... Welsh name ever? I, Sam Klukas. There you go. Thank you. There you go. That's what we've got on the pod. The last um, correspondent. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's moved on. I don't think he's got a club yet either. So you know, he was on Few big money. I don't think have. Jo- Joe Allen, like I said, was there until last summer, summer twenty twenty two. He moved on. We Joe, he moved on. Um, yeah, Morgan Fox went to QPR. Weird one was Nick Powell going to Stockport. You know, he was Man United, incredibly highly rated. Went to we Wigan, didn't we? Him, weren't we? We were under he... Jewel, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, was that when, the he to... when he left Crew. Yeah, when he yeah. When... did he sign for Stoke? Or was it Wigan? It was Wigan, wasn't it? Wigan he went to, yeah. Uh, obviously, United had him for a while. So they've, they've kind of cleared out some of the old guard. And then a day of recording Thursday, Jacob Brown, who played on the right of the three behind the um, uh, behind the central striker, has gone to Luton today for, they reckon, 1.5 to 2 million quid. He signed a three-year deal there. He's coming from Barnsley. Big fan favourite. A very, very hard-working kind of forward player who thankfully won't feature now on the weekend. And one, um, name, one name that stood out for me, they signed a guy called Wesley from Aston Villa who yes. at one time Villa paid 22 million quid for. Now the poor guys, had a, I think he had two ACL injuries and spent some time out on loan. And yeah, he, you know, he arrived at Villa with big, big money. But I mean, that just shows the, the level of some clubs. And I mean, Villa can spend 22 million quid as a, you know, a relative punt in the Premier League and the poor guy ends up at Stoke sort of three years down the line. So I think potentially with Brown having gone, I think Wesley might feature on Saturday. Interesting. Yeah, well, I think it that fee is more of an indictment about Villa, frankly. But talk to us about the games that have been, and we've, we've alluded to the Rotherham game a few times. Do you want to talk us through that one? Obviously, first time out, Rotherham at home is is probably a, 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 the kind yeah. of game that you want to start the season with, this, with no disrespect to Rotherham. Exactly, yeah. And they scored early, and Rotherham went down to 10 men in the second half. So it's a pretty nice kind of opening fixture for you, isn't it? It was a 4-1 weekend, at the, a 4-1 win last weekend at the Bet365 Stadium. Early goal, like I say, after five minutes, the right-back we discussed, Hoivier on loan from Wolves, scored with a lovely right-footed volley to get them on their way. There were then two more in added time. This new world we live in of six, seven minutes added on in the first half. Uh, Vidigal cut inside and, and kind of scored twice um, from, a, sorry, scored the third goal like that. The second goal was a knockdown from a set piece. So there are still some of the older Stoke traditions, shall we say, maybe uh, in and around there. And then Cafu gets sent off for Rotherham midway through the second half. It's very, very comfortable. And uh, Jacob Brown got the uh, got the fourth before he left the club today. So the stats were overwhelmingly, as you would expect, in, in kind of Stoke's favour. 71% possession and two goals from second balls from set pieces suggests maybe some of the old Stoke we all know and we all love is still in there a little bit. David Bergen, thank you as always, David. We we always appreciate your support here on Blue Monday. So thank you so much for the super chat. If you want to do likewise from YouTube, you can do that. Uh, there's a super chat button towards the bottom near the live chat. But otherwise, please give us a thumbs up. Um, nudge us up the air and do subscribe if you're new to the channel as well we're here every week uh, Thursday to talk about the game in advance and Sunday to talk about the game once this happens so do join us but a thumbs up would be very much appreciated thank you to Mark and Mark and to Angela on Facebook who have given us a thumbs up over there so hello to Facebook we see you as well but um, but David thank you as always for your support do you want to talk about they, they beat West Brom didn't they in the in the cup um, yeah, two one. He kind of it was a mixture of first teamers and squad players. So there was a bit of rotation. The likes of Wesley kind of came in, McNally came in. So again, that's a good result for them. One thing I noticed was the amount of shots they were kind of taking across these two games was noticeably a step up. I thought on on years gone by. I think it was twelve and fifteen shots respectively. Kind of I think twelve on target in total across the two games: the game against Rotherham and the league league cup game against West Brom. So it's a side that likes to kind of get shots off. Yeah. Let's talk about the kind of things that we can expect on on Saturday. As we mentioned, a four two three one is is the likely formation. Although there was a little bit of experimentation, four three three in the week, on. yeah, yeah. But, but the key more, that was that was more because of the squad players he wanted to give minutes to. But we, um, I think we've mentioned a lot of the, the key players, haven't we? You know, May and Vidigal and Pearson and whoever and Stevens. You know, they're they're the likely starters. I think there's maybe a little bit of debate about the centre back position, Seb, and the front line. Do you want to give us some thoughts on what might happen there? Yeah, so obviously Jacob Brown, like we said, has moved on. So they'll need a new person to come in on that right-hand side. I think Wesley might become the focal point or might play in that right-hand position uh, with Ryan Mayai uh, kind of starting in the either the other one. So one will start up front, one will start on the right, and they might interchange it between the two games. And at the back, I think it'll be Wilmot as, as one of the starters being established and being there for a while. And I guess... Did, was, did I don't know how much preseason McNally has played. Is he fit enough to come in ahead of Rose? I'm not sure. If, he, if he's not after midweek, then it'll be Rose again alongside him with Stevens at left back and Hoiver at right back. 
the front line, the, there are some names that I want to lob in here just for interest. So Tyrese Campbell was Campbell was the leading scorer last season, but he's out with he's out. with an yep. injury, and they don't really yep. not have a timetable on that. Another player definitely fits the journeyman title. Dwight Gale, Dwight you can Gale. still find him. Yeah, He came back, he's returning from injury as well. He was on the bench against West Brom midweek. Probably too soon for him to start, but he's there, isn't he? So, like... Bench option, yeah. Do you remember the year? Was he at West Brom one year? Mm-hmm. And scored an absolute bucket load of goals in this league. I mean, didn't he get a last-minute winner against Norwich one night or something, I think, in our relegation season that cheered us all up? Yeah, obviously he's very, very experienced, been at Newcastle and a loan spell at West Brom. So very experienced at this level, but you know, he's one of those kind of older kind of changing of the guard type players. They might well have looked to move on, but I'd imagine he's on quite a decent level kind of contract there. So he'll be a bench option on the weekend. Yeah. Two things um, to make people feel old, Seb. <laughs> uh, one is uh, we talked about a rig at Sunderland last, uh, last week. We've got Sidibe, um from Stoke and not the one that people might remember as well. And we've got uh, the right Phillips. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, you know, the, the the conveyor belt, I should say. It's not, it sounds really wrong, doesn't it? Another right Phillips is making uh, an impact there as well. Do you want to give us some names and some talk? These probably, these guys probably won't feature, but interesting. Yeah, so, there. well, Sol, Sol Sadebi might feature. He's kind of been talked up very strongly. He's the son of Mamadi Sadebi, who was there from 2005 to 2013. He made he scored against a couple us of... That 3-2 game, I think. Do you remember that? Did he? Where we lost, where we lose in the possibly, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's his 16-year-old son. He's had a good preseason. Alex Neal's been kind of speaking kind of, you know, very highly of him. And he might well be involved on the weekend, maybe more so now that Jacob Brown has kind of moved on. England youth midfielder. He's been there since he was eight years old. So he's kind of done really well in preseason and might well look to get a uh, uh, to, to, to feature against us on the uh, on, on the weekend. And DiMaggio Wright-Phillips is the son of Sean Wright-Phillips and therefore the grandson of Ian Wright, just in case you all want to start to feel really, really old. Yeah, we're doing a, a, a service here at Blue Money, just to bring people back <laughs> down to reality. Uh, any final thoughts, Seb? Anything that we, we, we kind of we talked a little bit about the stats, haven't we? You mentioned the possession stats. Yeah. A little bit of, have you noticed a little bit of a difference, perhaps, against well, the lesser opposition, against maybe the better opposition, perhaps, that might be relevant? Yeah. Obviously, it's very hard to tell being week two, game week two of the season and their first game against Rotherham, who were reduced down to 10 men. There were still signs of the old Stoke there. For example, 12 fouls committed last weekend with five yellow cards issued against them was the joint worst defenders in the league last weekend. 36 accurate long balls against Rotherham was the highest in the league last weekend. So although they've brought in these new players, I think it's going to take a bit of time to transition them across from this this kind of world of old Stoke, you know, land of the giants under, under Michael. O'Neill, where you just had Ryan Shawcross, Sam Vogues, huge players who were absolutely horrible to play against. I think there is still a slight element of that amongst them. However, the likes of Vidigal and maybe Wesley and Johnson in midfield kind of makes it more potentially looking to be more slightly more expansive and looking to maybe change things slightly to how it's been for the last six, five, six years at this level, because obviously it's not worked for them. Yeah. Should we talk about Ipswich then? If you've got any thoughts, we've had some questions I think we'll cover possible changes from from Wednesday in a, in a second. But if you've got any thoughts or questions um, or opinions on Ipswich or Stoke, get them in now before we get to the predictions bit towards the end of the show. Can I jump in? I have a question for okay. you. Oh, here we go. The last time we played them was in February 2019, obviously our relegation season. Can you remember the score? And can yeah. you name the Ipswich lineup from that day? Oh, the lineup's going to be a Yeah, let's see how good you are. Go on. So the score, go on. what's the score? So the, the, this is the game in relegation season, just to be... Yes, yeah, the season. February of 2019. So the last minute equaliser by Will Keane. Yeah. Uh, Mullet's no, in no, there. please, Mullet, yeah. Flash, there he is. This, wow, so the team, I can't imagine... <laughs> I've got it here. Let's see I how tried, good. To, tried to put it out of my mind. It was Bart in goal at that point? Yeah, he... tick. Bart's in goal. So defence. It was Callum Elder at left-back? No. Jonas? Yes, he played centre-back. Okay. Left centre-back on the day. No, surprisingly, must have been injured maybe or... I don't know. I, I might need some... Oh, here we go. I, I do remember this though. Thank you, Horse Holler. Yeah, Blue Monday Live. It was in the curve bar. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. that night. Um, wow. Yeah, did Will Keane start or did he come off the bench? I think Yes, he, he started be, in a front two. So the formation was a 4-4-2 with a diamond in midfield according wow. to the various websites I, I looked at today. Well out of my mind. Was Andre Dezel in that team? No. 
No. Um, Quainer was he in there? Yes, he's the front two. Keen and Quainer are the front two. Nudson was the left centre back. Bar in yeah. goal, so you need the right back, the left back, the other centre half. I need some clues here. I so put the, this team well out of my brain. The right back made a big money move in the Premier League last January. I, to the Premier League, I should say. Again, James, not, James okay, Bree yeah, okay. went to Southampton. Yeah, probably yeah. got relegated again. Obviously, uh, played for Shrewsbury. We used to say we had I thought we had a higher ceiling as a centre back than maybe Shrewsbury. We had him on loan from Everton. Yep, there you go. Left back was kind of ran like a bit like a headless chicken and was part of the bomb oh, squad. And Ken Lock, there you go. Midfielders, like Rex had little. Yeah, sorry. We now we had a a Chelsea a current Chelsea player oh, at, at the base of our midfield. Yep, um, we played a diamond. So to the left was probably one of the most disappointing and underwhelming signings I think we've made in the last ten years. No, it wasn't Douglas Neil. No, okay. Neil said Jonathan Douglas. It was uh, it was John Nolan. Okay, Teddy Bishop in the other the other side of the uh, wow. of the diamond midfield. Alan what? Judge was the player in oh. behind the front two. Oh, that's a terrible team, isn't it? It, it really is, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. I, I would it's, it's not we need someone like we need to get football manager to simulate the current team versus that team it would be a bloodbath <laughs> wouldn't it yeah who's it would in, be. and who's in charge is Lambert in charge at that point yeah, yeah, Lambert, yeah. we had this weird run we, we drew one all for a load of games didn't we and it was one of those weird runs and their goal was a horrible mix up between Nudson and Barnes Charles says Colin yeah totally yeah, yeah when you reel off those names oh, it's no man. surprise we went down and a lot of players there that you kind of hoped would do better like Judge never, you know, always yep. flattered to see, didn't he? And yeah. Wow. Yeah, James Bree was a decent loan signing, wasn't he? I'd forgot that he was there at that time. But yeah, Will Keen, what might have been a mullet. Uh, there you go. And the, yeah, the Blue Monday Live event was that night as well. I had to re- rearrange from the West Brom game that was on Sky. So, and keep your eyes peeled. We're, we're hoping to repeat the live event at some point before the end of the year. So keep a lookout for that. Anywhere where uh, Flynn Downs, was he involved? FBI might have been on the bench. Yeah. I didn't really look. I saw Scoos came off the bench. Nciala came off the bench, but Nciala. Yeah, the... Oh, it gets better. It gets better. He came on for the corner. He came on literally thirty seconds before we scored the equaliser by Will Keane. So they must have put him on to throw him up. At the, uh, was, the last minute, it was stalking Will Keane, and it paid off. Um, I assume that. Oh, it was weird. Yeah, I was at Preston with Mullet, and Will Keane played, and it was yeah, it got weird. Got his binoculars out. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about Ipswich. We've got a few questions, but keep them coming. If you've got any thoughts about Stoke or history against Stoke or Sergei Baltacha, really great <laughs> chat going on about <laughs> Sergei Baltacha. Uh, let us yeah, put them in the comments and we'll come to those in a second. But I guess the quick the key questions. Let me ask you some questions, Seb, for this um this bit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Um, Clark in for Danassian and Hladkin for Slicker, is that it? Uh, well, yes, in terms of the going back to the Sunderland lineup, yeah, it'll be the same one. It'll be that with Clark coming in. I assume he, he came on last night, didn't he? Clark got some some minutes under his belt, and he'll have to be on it because Vidigal from the left is a big threat. So Clark will have to be really on it. But you know, I like Danassian. 
I think he's a really useful squad player. I think his resurrection of his Ipswich Town career has been phenomenal. But we do see a big drop-off, don't we, when Clark isn't in the side. Clark and Burns, towards that back end of last season, were absolutely tearing out week in, week out. So for me, he comes straight back in. And Clarkey, after a dodgy start away at Sunderland, kind of makes that huge save in the last minute. And surely that will have done his confidence the absolute world of good. I think there's some, there's some mitigating circumstances with Clarkey's early moments. I... I I don't. The first one with Wolfenden, I think Wolfenden is is a little bit culpable in that situation as well. By the way, but I think we were just caught out by Sunderland, weren't we? We were talking about this on the yeah, potentially with uh, me and DD were on there last night uh, or on Wednesday night, I should say. So do check out the Naked Football Show, by the way. We've linked on our Twitter with the uh, with Graham Blackburn. Um, but we did talk about them. But yeah, Lucky seems like a. I mean, that's a no brainer decision, isn't it? Um, yeah. Got uh, Paul's asked us Jackson more of a role this week? Question mark. Um, I guess that was the debate about whether Hutchinson or Jackson comes on. I think probably people favoured the idea of Jackson more. I don't know if that's in hindsight or not, but thoughts on who might make a cameo? Well, Jackson was going to come on, wasn't he, against Sunderland? But for whatever reason, he kind of changed it around. And that that searing pace can be absolutely crucial. You know, we know that the Stoke fullbacks will kind of look to push on. They're, they're two attacking fullbacks they've brought in now in Edna Stevens and in Hoiver. So they will look to get forward. And if the game is stretched in the last 20 minutes, then you want Jackson's pace potentially to get in behind those players. So for me, a bench option. Uh, but I think he'll certainly look to, to, to come off the bench if it's not really working with, with Burns, let's say, after 65, 70 minutes. Jack Taylor obviously scored last night. I presume Luongo and Morsey midfield is pretty much first choice. He might have to wait a little bit longer, but did he do some good things for you last night? Yeah, looked looked tidy, took the goal well, kind of Tommy Miller-esque, running to yep. the run into the box. A few good passes, quite combative every now and then as well. So yeah, he just it just needs time, doesn't he? And yeah. familiarity as we talked about. But Luongo for me was was excellent. I Morsey yeah. got this guy out of the match. I thought Luongo was probably up there and more effective, obviously involved in the, the second goal. But yeah, I'd be surprised if there's anything other than that. And I mean, we've got a question here from Neil. Will we name a more attacking bench at home than away? You just won, you know, we're nine substitutes these days. Is it possible to name an attacking or a defensive? Well, bench? we saw it last season, didn't we? Dynastian was often the only defender on the bench, given his versatility. The fact he can cover any position across the, the back four kind of made sure that we could front load that bench with game changers and attacking options. In a nine-person bench, I don't really think it makes that much difference. You'll always have probably Dynastian and presumably Edmondson, and then you've covered all your bases for the for the centre-back and the wide position, so therefore you can still have you know six high-quality attacking players if you if you want to. So I think the nine the nine per, the nine sub rule will simply make it so that we have proper defensive cover and we still have plenty of options going forward yeah yeah i agree with that we'll come to your questions in a set let's do a few bits and pieces of housekeeping as always we're brought to you in partnership with the greyhound who head there ahead of the game on saturday a few of the blue monday team will be in attendance as well so it'd be great to see you out there it'll be very busy as well i'm sure so do join us there and and check out the greyhound's new menu um in support of the the itfc foundation as well foundation burger with a pound donation going to that and certain um, me, certain choices being renamed about certain plays as well. So the ground doing fantastic things as always, and we're really proud to be in partnership with them yet again this season. Do um, If you're unable to make the game in person, match day chat will be open on our Telegram group. Get involved in that. Always a big buzz and certainly a home game will be even more so. So do get involved in the Telegram group a couple of weeks on us and then a subscription after that and the flagship show as we mentioned earlier as well will be back on sunday evening ben dave and joe back in um at the normal time of 8 p.m to talk about the stoke game after the fact we want to get um plenty of your comments in there as well and questions so do join the guys live 8 p.m on our youtube channel and then on podcast shortly after that and as always if you've enjoyed what you've listened or heard do give us a thumbs up do subscribe and leave a review why not we, we do like the podcast reviews especially the ones that talk about Partridge or The Office. <laughs> Louis, uh, question for you, Seb. Is a new left-back, a new left-centre-back, right-winger, and a striker realistic? In, I guess that's in terms of the num- the quantity rather than the specific positions. Three yeah. signs, realistic? I, th- 
I think we'd see a right winger who can also maybe cover the centre forward position as maybe a kind of a two in one kind of arrival. I'd expect a couple more arrivals. But what are we now? August the tenth, so we've got three weeks left until the the window slams shut, and you can then rename the Telegram group. I know, the, the I know how much you, I only did it for you because I know how much you absolutely hate it. Um, so I think we'll see another couple of arrivals. I still think a centre half will potentially come in. Left footed would be great, but they are an absolute rarity, aren't they? And to be fair. Burgess, by all accounts, I didn't watch Sunderland because I was away in the States, but Burgess was an absolute rock, an absolute colossus yeah. in the air, and he kind of provides the flick on for the opening goal for uh, for Broadhead. So, yeah, I mean, it's less of an urgency, I think, than maybe it was at the start of the season now that Edmondson's fit and he had a decent run out last night against uh, against Bristol. And I still think a striker might come in who, who can also play. Think of a Tyrese John Jules, you know, can play the number nine, can play slightly deeper in the wide positions. I think a, a utility player like that was, is more likely. Will it be Tyrese John Jules himself? Well, it's strange, isn't it? It's all gone very, very quiet. He was on the pitch, the celebrations after Exeter, and by all accounts, if they could have done it in January, they would have done. I guess the issue are it's two serious injuries in two successive years with you know his loan at Sheffield Wednesday a couple of years ago and us last year that's ruled him out for the second half of the season, and that must cast doubts over his fitness. He's not gone anywhere. I don't think he went on Arsenal's preseason tour in the States, did he? So he's he's certainly available, but for whatever reason, maybe he'll be, if we get to you know the 28th, 29th, 9th of August, nobody's come in. Maybe it's when we go and put a cheeky bid in to try and get on loan again for the rest of the season. Cheeky bid. Norman is getting impatient. I think all of us are. When will we make our next signing, he asks? Well, as Joe said on the, the show, I think it was Joe last week, didn't he? There's always that lull. You get that, that rise before the season starts. Then it goes quiet as the Premier League kind of kicks off and it goes crazy again with the, the last week of the window. So we might have to be a little bit patient. The Premier League starts this weekend. I guess once the first couple of rounds of that are out of the way, the squads will settle down with their transfers. And that might then mean that some of the fringe players start to move out on loan. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see anybody now until just before maybe the Leeds game towards the bank holiday weekend. Yeah, I think we might need to temper our expectations. I think I think so, yeah. But equally, the way the club is run these days, you know, we might suddenly get an announcement out Surprise! of the blue. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good, judgment. isn't it, sometimes? So yeah, let, let, let's be optimistic. But yeah, I, I think we might have to wait a couple of weeks yet. Uh, Rob suggesting Liam Kitching linked with Coventry in a... Two and a half He's million the pound Barnsley bid. Barnsley guy, isn't he? From Barnsley? Is he? I, I think so. Yeah. I think I think that's him, yeah. Fits the mould, but if Coventry a bid, we're probably too late. Yeah, I think so. And 2.5 million is a lot for... I, I know we are very heavily backed, but that's a decent chunk of change to spend on a relative unknown, I would suggest. Yeah. Uh, Neil asks, has Taylor got an Audi TT? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out when Dave Gibbs gives, gets a lift off him at some point. Um uh, Joe, has George Edmondson's time at Ipswich come to an end? Can't see him playing much. I mean, the cup run is really helpful for the likes of Edmondson. It's, yeah. it's, it's another tough kind of emotional type consideration along with Carl Edwards, isn't it, with Edmondson? Because we all love him and yeah, you know, he's really unfortunate with injuries as well. He has. I think it's a big season for him because two years on the bounce, he's had a bad injury, a bit like Lee Evans, uh, a bit like Tyrese John-Jules. He's had a big injury that's ruled him out of the second half of the season. I mean, when McKenna first took over, him and Wolfenden were imperious at the back, you know, and and for a lot of last season, we kind of expected him to be the, the first choice alongside Wolfie until Burgess came in and really made that position his own. I think it's a big year for him. He certainly won't be going anywhere whilst the numbers are what they are. I guess yeah. if, a, if a more established kind of player comes into the back line, then you keep Elk and bag it in the building for the season and maybe he does look to to, to move on but he having signed from Rangers I think he'll be on a decent contract probably with a decent promotion kind of you know wage rise in there so he won't be that easy to, to move on and as a squad player whilst we're in the, the cup happy days keep him around and you never know in football when you know when somebody's going to be called upon Can you confirm for me if you're not in the on the grass are you in the building? Yeah, that, that's the. I'll do a hierarchy. Do you remember they used to have the Ben? Uh, ben and Dave had the penalty. You know, scenic given, Stonewall, etc. I'll do a, a hierarchy of player availability for well, you. Yeah, uh, in and around the sport, around. on the grass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll do a. Nice. I'll do a hierarchy, and we'll get it framed on the wall here somewhere for you. Anything uh, to skip? I, I could say this one if you want. Do you think the last night's highlights even more? How much we need another striker? Seems like a big drop off from uh, George Hurst to Freddie Ladapo. I, I I wonder whether Freddie Ladapo is one of these players that has a real. It's it's a real slow starter because he definitely built into the season, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know whether that was familiarity, fitness, or what have you, or, or mindset, but he, get, he obviously got better as, as the season wore on. I think there's a few players who possibly have, have reached their ceiling, and Sunderland really, you know, stern test early on in the season kind of probably is, is the kind of test that you want to see whether the players single swim. And, you know, Freddie's certainly a good squad player at the moment, but I think 
I, I tend to agree with Skip, unfortunately, as much as he's been a real, you know, really important part of the team last season. You know, and he can still prove a point. You know, if he scores a hat-trick against Reading in the next round, yeah. I do think, you know, I think all of us, the consensus is we need another forward. And I don't think Freddie, as I said, has, has really changed that thinking with, unfortunately, with what we saw on, on Wednesday night. Uh, Rob, uh, thoughts on the new out of time, Seb? Mm-hmm. Um, might need to catch a later train on Saturday, the way things are going. Yeah, like I say, Stoke took advantage to score twice in late ad. Oh, go on. Just quickly, we had one minute of added time in the first half last night and only five minutes in the second half. So yeah, but no maybe one teams it's, are... It's, it's the, no one's going to focus on that. It's the okay. it's the league programme where they'll really, really ramp it up. Yeah, we're going to have to get used to it, I think. I mean, I guess it will settle down maybe after a, a few weeks, you know, into the season. But yeah, I mean, players are going to have to, like Morsey said, after after Saturday, Sunday's game, it's no longer a, a 90-minute game. It was 103 minutes at the weekend and that's going to be really telling for players' fitness and mentality and concentrations. And and yeah, mentally, the players are now going to be really, really switched on because, you know, Sunderland pulled their goal back and normally there's, you know, 20, 18, 50 minutes left to go. Suddenly it's 25, 30 minutes. So it's going to have to require a real kind of shift in mindset and mentality from, uh, from players to realise this is now going to be a really, really long game until it starts to, to settle down i think it will i'd be surprised if we were Referees sat here in november really big, don't they? Yeah, yeah exactly look at the world cup when it started you know the, the qatar world cup there was so much injury time added on and slowly but surely it started to kind of come down a little bit so i'd be surprised if we were sat here let's say in november and we are still talking about 13 12 11 minutes of added time i think it will naturally equalize to kind of seven eight minutes like it was last season really but I, I do wish uh, well anyone who jumps on the last train out of it which on a tuesday night game um yeah yeah gonna miss some minutes unfortunately by the look of it uh so a couple of quick ones for you said kind of yes or no's or maybe in 10 words or less uh skip do you think we'll see taylor playing the left attacking mid role instead of harness well, I guess Harness is the understudy to Broadhead, but Chaplin's played there as well, hasn't he? Kind of Chaplin played against Peterborough last year and scored a couple of goals, cutting in from that left-hand side. So I think potentially maybe we might see him more advanced in a number 10 role than, than the left kind of attacking midfield role. But McKenna spoke about it. he wants to get him on the end of things in the box. So certainly expect him to be higher up than sitting deeper alongside Morsey. And Louis, again, um, we'll need to ship out a couple if we're to bring in three. Is this likely to be Edwards? Just on the first point, do you think we need to... I guess in terms of a squad balance, you don't want to have players who are unregistered hanging around. I don't think budget-wise we'd need to do that, do we? I don't think we do now, do we? Because of the the various deals we've done with the likes of Piggott and stuff moving on. So I I haven't looked, I I can't remember top of my head how many free squad spaces we have. I guess for Harmony, like you say, yeah, you don't want too many kind of in the building. There you go, there's one of your ticks, um, who aren't going to feature. But but yeah, I mean, if if we're going to bring in another two, I would say certainly at least one would move out to kind of maintain that balance a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I think well, there's a lot of debate in the chat about um, getting a striker who can play centre back. Uh, mentions of Ian Marshall and Richard <laughs> Naylor. Naylor, um, yeah, yeah. Those are the days, eh? Um, finally, Elliot, before we go do some predictions, do you think Cam Humphreys will play a role in the league for us this season? And uh, is alone in League One bad for his development, given he's quite lightweight? He got stuck in a little bit last night. Um, didn't really have a huge amount of time to do much. But give us your quick take on that one, Seb. Again, loans can be so varied depending if you're going to play or not. I really like Humphreys. I think it's a bit unfair to call him lightweight. I mean, we were at Port Vale away. He was getting kicked left, right and centre and he kind of came back into the game really well and, and gave back as good as he's, as, as he's got. He's versatile. He can cover kind of left wing back if he had to, central midfield, slightly more attacking. And will he learn more from six months of training with the first team and McKenna than he would playing maybe 10 games for a League One side? I would suggest he would, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good questions. We'll come back to more of those towards the end. If you've got anything else that you're, uh, you, any burning issues, what's the burning issue? Um, but for now, let's, um, as I raise my glass to you, said my cup to you, the best feature on the pre-match show. Here we go. Um, how do you think people got on last week, Seb? Uh, I'll be honest, I watched the show, but I haven't actually checked back on the results. I assume you won, and therefore the contributor is starting at... Well, again, it was two hosts last week, so who was who? Who's defined no. as the... All right, okay, no, I'm the host. Right, okay. Yeah, I assume... Well, there you go. So what What? What, what were the scores? Go on, put me out of my misery. Nine, eight, eight, nine. I won by one point, oh, Seb. Brilliant. So I'm already starting from a, a position further back, just like last year. Yeah, you are. Penalised for taking holiday. Well, I might take a holiday at some point as well, you know. You, 
Yeah, and then you're relying on Ben slipping up. But he did, he did all right. Eight points is okay. Yeah, he's done all right, to be fair. Yeah, he's Some done okay. Ed, Ed did all right as well on his debut. Eight points for him. But, yeah, um, a winning start for me. Let's see how we get on this week. Let's, um, if any games there jump out, I mean, Coventry Borough kind of battled last season's playoff teams. Cardiff QPR basement battle, isn't it? Huddersfield Leicester's a bit of a fearsome one for Huddersfield. Uh, otherwise, yeah, Norwich um, at Southampton, yeah. Watford, Plymouth. Some interesting games there, but none really jump out. Any ones that you want to single out there, Seb, and talk well, about your prediction? Cardiff QPR, like you said, mm. has the hallmarks for me of a relegation. I can't call it a six-pointer on game week two, but they're two sides that, you know, I have a show with Gab. Go and check that out for the 1-24. to We kind of predicted them both to be down there, and that feels like it's a big game already with Ainsworth already talking about, you know, survival after they were battered 4-0 last week by Watford. So that feels crucial for, for Ainsworth to get something from there. And obviously, we've then got them the following next, this time next uh, next weekend. So that could be could be a really interesting one. And also, Sheffield Wednesdays. Well, they've got Hull, haven't they? I think, yeah, that again to me pro- potentially suggests that you know another big club Wednesday who have had a pretty diabolical close season that could be a big game for them as well. And obviously, hopefully, Russell Martin will school Norwich in keeping the ball for <laughs> 76% of the game and hopefully he'll score a, a goal or two to, to, to bring them down because that was really irritating last weekend. I was I was in various queues throughout various theme parks following the uh, the Saturday kickoffs. And yeah, when, they, when when Norwich won it in the last minute, whatever it was, that was oh, really irritating. Always do that. Yeah, I know. We've, we've predicted the same scores for Cardiff QPR, 2-0, as has... Um, Ed in the Telegram group. Um, um, one nil wins for Hull as well. Uh, Ed's also gone for a single goal victory for Hull over Sheffield Wednesday. We all think Southampton beat Norwich. I think that might be a little bit of wishful thinking, perhaps. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. Give us your predictions for uh, Ipswich Stoke right now. We'll come to those in a second, but let's chat about what we are going for. And we're all going for narrow victories. So you've gone for the clean sheet. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I've uh, having watched the Stoke goals from last week, I'm probably... I'm thinking that you might have the right score there. Two one might be the right score, and Ed's gone for that as well. They they appear to want to try stuff, don't they, from range and yeah. you know there's set piece danger as well there, which you know is going to be pretty fearsome. But you know, never know. But we're all going for a, a positive home return to Championship football. I mean, we we need to be careful to give respect to Stoke. Um, who had a really good start to the season and obviously one midweek. So both teams off the back of 100% records in all comps. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out as well, we haven't actually beaten them since 2004. The, the last time we beat yeah. them was in December 2000. The, the, the season we finished third and lose to West Ham and the team gets broken up, we beat them. I think it was a goal from Shefki Kuchi in the first yeah. half. So whilst yeah, whilst we're all predicting kind of narrow wins in a hard-fought game, our, our, our recent record against them isn't that amazing. So it could be a tough one, but I'm confident of a, a, a narrow victory to uh, build upon our impressive start to the season. It would be good, wouldn't it? Momentum building. Yeah, and and Portman Road full and yeah, all that kind It'd of stuff. It would be great, you know? yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, big atmosphere as well. Let's, let's go to your predictions. Uh, Colin's going for a 2-1. And then David's going for a 2-1 last David, oh. come on, mate. Be positive. <laughs> uh, you might be being realistic. Well, look, we won't know until next week. Charlie also going for a 1-0. Jules takes a scrappy 1-0. Uh, Neil, I could never predict a loss. Well, it's, it used to work quite well at and accumulators, Neil, when <laughs> Lambert was in charge. Um, Colin's predicting kind of to thump QPR. I just feel like QPR onto a bit of a hiding to nothing there. Skip going for a 2 0 at Fort- Fortress Portman Road, as is Julian. Um, Neil Norwich lose by five. More <laughs> wishful thinking there. Mullet, as always, he's, I think, he's making the trip down 4 uh, 0 town win. There we go. Um, Rob, 1 0 hard earned. That wouldn't surprise me, Seb, but 1 0 as Rob's yeah. predicting there. Yeah, I, I could see a one-all with with us scoring first and being, you know, Portman Road rocking and then potentially clawed back in the in the second half. I did have one-one down as my original scoreline and decided to change it to be positive. <laughs> You'll regret that now. Rob might be looking very smug at full time. Uh, Colin also predicting a Norwich defeat three-one there. Uh, Bluey two-nil. Saj going for a three-nil. Elliot with a three-one. Um, Robert from Croatia, evening. That's fine. You can scroll back and rewatch it, Robert. He's going for a 2 0 win. Michael's going for a 3 2 comeback win with the final goal off the bar oh, from a long range. Scenes, as the kids say. Limbs would be the uh, the, the, the North Stand lower. Um, and we'll end. Well, we've got a one all Taylor equalizer off the bench. Um, FBI tracked to 3 1. So Alex Neal. <laughs> um, 
4-0 Mariner Walk, Brazil Gates. And we'll end with, which seems quite fitting, Horsola, a 5-1 town, Baltacha first goal scorer. Thank you, everyone, for uh, your predictions. We'll see how we get on next week. Thank you, everyone. If you've made it all the way through, we're an hour in prolific stuff. Thank you, everybody who's got involved in the chat. Insights on transfers on Stoke. Don't forget, as we say, to head to the Greyhound on Saturday. We'll see a lot of you there. Um, head to the Telegram group, bluemondayitfc.co.uk is our website. Everything is linked there. Uh, do join us for the flagship show on Sunday to chat about the game after the fact. We'll be back next week, Seb, for QPR, I assume. And... Thank you, everyone, for your contributions. We'll, I'll go through a few more predictions if people want to keep posting them. But any last thoughts from you, Seb? We'll let you do your... Do I need to sign off, by the way? Is it me still? Uh, you had the winning run, didn't you, last season? Yeah, so it has to stay with you until... Just just like I've bought the new orange away kit, I can't wear that. I have to keep wearing the blackhead sheer and third kit until the, the, the spell is broken. So you will have to do the sign-off. I'll say thank you to everybody for watching. Thank you to you, Rich, for hosting and for your, your work on the script and stuff this week. Look forward to next week against, uh, uh, against QPR. We can do it all over again. And you will take us out because you currently have the winning, the winning mantra. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Um, great stuff in the chat. We'll see you soon. We'll see you next week. Same time, 8 o'clock Thursday. We're going live, Seb, next week? We'll figure that Can out. Right yeah, let's do it, yeah. Let's do it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Hopefully see a good number of you at the Greyhound. And come on, you blues! It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.